0: Hey everyone, I'm Kaylin over here on the All Things Coast channel. I create content on here that is set out to inspire, motivate, and connect. So, today we're going to be talking about how to mother yourself or really just how to guide yourself through adulthood. So, for me, coming from my perspective and my experience in life with not having a super close motherly figure or role in my life, figure out how to do things I just genuinely didn't know how to do. And I'm talking like how to properly bookkeep, how to save receipts, how to organize receipts, how to organize home papers. And yes, these are obviously things that your father can teach you too and other people can teach you online, which is the incredible great thing about living in the abundant era that we currently live in. That said, there's, I think maybe it comes from movies, maybe it comes from just the other general lifestyles or content or things that I've, I've consciously tapped into in my life. To me, I feel like I, at certain points in my life, overvalued or highly valued the idea of a motherly role coming into my life to teach me these things, to guide me in these things, because I think honestly, When you think of mothers or when you think of that persona or that character archetype, you think of non-judgment. You think of a guidance that comes from a nurturing that can sometimes be hard to source from other places. This missing safe space that is full of non-judgment, that is full of unconditional love that you can go to to talk about truly anything and not have to filter yourself. As you grow into adulthood, there are big decisions that you have to start making like who you want to be, where you want to live, what do you want to do with your energy, with your time, with your resources and and so I just I felt like throughout my own life leading up to where I've gotten to today that I had to go through a lot of those big decisions and learn how to process those things, create space for myself and non-judgmentally pick myself back up every time that I maybe chose the wrong choice or chose the right choice, but it was a hard choice. It wasn't an easy choice. It's the choice was right, but it still made me sad. It still made me feel icky or upset or confused or unsure. And yeah, missing that guidance then was really hard. It can still be really hard. That said, I want to give like a little saving grace or what I learned from this experience throughout this coffee talk. I learned really early on in life how to be okay with holding my own hand through things. It can have its benefits too. And I've learned a lot from other women. And these weren't necessarily women that I actually know. I'm talking authors. I'm talking artists. I'm talking people on the internet. I'm talking friends. I'm talking my actual sister. I'm talking friends that I've gotten so close to that I call them sisters. Just other aunts and great aunts and my Nana and other feminine female roles in my life. The times in my life that I did feel the most hollowing loneliness were the times that i felt like even though i was holding my own hand through it that i I desperately needed that sense of space non-judgment connection the remedy was definitely finding it in others and also finding it in myself but i also found a remedy in feeling more connected to my spirit and the next thing really spins off from the last thing we were just speaking about which is learning how to grow and evolve through the other women in your circle. And this includes, I mean, your online circle, your digital circle, just the women and influences that you allow in your energetic sphere, you know, the people whose music you listen to, the people whose books you read, the people whose content you watch, which hello, the people who you call your friends, you call your sisters, you spend time with, you surround yourself with, either physically or just energetically, all of the above. I would never want to actually see another human being struggle or fail, but like, let's say the really confident girl at the party I was at, like, I don't know, spilt her drink on her dress by accident. I would be like, oh, that sucks. At least she's human though. At least now I know she's human. That made me feel a little bit better about myself. We love to see women thrive and then completely fall through just being a huge Taylor Swift fan and also a crime junkie fan. And when I was little, I was a massive Britney Spears fan. And so I recently listened to the crime junkie conversation between Ashley Flowers and Brit where they like break apart the Britney Spears documentary. And then I watched it for myself. And that really brought to light to me the idea that we create these idols these women that we almost dehumanize and make them to be these specific symbols or a sense of like perfection or a sense of just like i don't even know if i'm explaining this right like goddesses even and then when they fall it's not just women all people almost like to see it happen i don't want to be the type of person that feels threatened by another woman's happiness, another woman's success or another woman's confidence. If anything, I want to be the type of person that gets inspired by that, that sees another woman thrive and thinks like, wow, that's amazing. I want to learn how to thrive like that. And not only that, like, I love your energy rather than making it about me i tried to keep the focus on them and i say try because this isn't something that you just do and then you get it it doesn't mean that i still don't have times where i'm around someone that's either really cool or really chill or really passionate about something and i'm suddenly holding myself up in comparison we aren't in competition here this person thriving doesn't take away from anybody else thriving and they're again I I believe that we live in a very abundant universe. We live in a very abundant life. If you can tweak and like, you know, shift your radio station subconsciously to the right dial for you. And so I guess this hits hits a point. This hits my point across. You have your own lane. You are in your own lane. There's nobody that's telling you when to stop and go, which leads me back to number one, learning how to make your own decisions, but also learning to understand that your life started the day you were born and it'll end the day that it ends. And everything between now and then is you and your own lane. And anything outside of that lane, anything horizontal to you is equal to you like nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent and nobody has to be superior without you giving that power you know and that's not to say that there aren't people that are better than you at certain things or super incredibly talented or have things that you can learn from or guide, guidance from, you know, but it's just to say that it doesn't matter someone's age, it doesn't matter someone's profession or their accomplishments as human beings, as individuals, we are all equal, but we're also all in our own lanes. And there's so much we can learn from one another when we stop comparing our lives to one another. It just doesn't need to be that way. And it's hard because I know that a lot of the things that are out there in society, online, in media, kind of pits us to be that way but i do think and see that it is getting a bit better at least again from what i surround myself with it seems to be getting better and so let's cheer that train on and keep on rolling down our own conversation i'm gonna take a sip of wine i'm a little sweaty if you can't tell i feel like i'm Trying to border a line between, I'm always trying to border this line between giving advice but also not wanting to sound preachy and also not wanting to be dishonest. I want to be very open with the fact that I am a flawed human being and I make a lot of mistakes and a lot of the lessons I talk about come from me deeply analyzing the mistakes that I feel I've made or just things that felt energetically off for me. I think that there's a lot we can learn there if we were to just stop shaming ourselves for being so human there's a couple points actually coming back to my notes that I do want to say about this because I went off a little bit there but it is that one Learning how to understand yourself, accept yourself and encourage yourself is also a remedy there. Because when you fully accept yourself just as you are, not for who you're trying to be, not for when you get to this thing or accomplish this thing or do this first and then you're gonna accept yourself, it's in the full encompassing self-acceptance of the now, knowing that you're not perfect, that you're allowed to have flaws, that you're a complete human being whole as you are already That is when you can start to encourage yourself to make better decisions, encourage yourself to shift out of certain mental habits or patterns that we tend to be programmed for. And also, what was the other word I said? Self-acceptance. Fully accepting yourself and understanding yourself and understanding your lane, the lane that you were in, the history you've come from, the things that you feel drawn towards and the present moment that you're in, that you're able to now shift, look around, make a choice, move forward, so on and so forth. No two lanes are the same, no two journeys are the same, so we shouldn't be comparing them. And also, sorry, one last thing. I also wrote down, stop waiting for permission or guidance. I think that a lot of the times we stop and we wait For either someone to do it first so that we can make sure it's a safe choice to make, or we look for understanding in other people so that we can feel like we're allowed to make the choices we're making. So, for instance, like maybe you decide you don't want to become a mother, maybe you decide you never want to get married, maybe you decide you do want to get married or have children. It's fully understanding yourself what's going to fill or fulfill your soul, what's going to align with your values, and knowing that nobody understands you more than you. And so, you Give yourself that understanding, that piece of knowing, so that you're able to then encourage yourself to make the right choices. Now we can move on to the next point, which is a really good one. One that I feel like I should take a quick sip for, because we're gonna talk about things that can sometimes feel a little awkward, but I think are really important to talk about. Your body, your beauty, womanhood, and sexuality. I feel like I have to include the word shame here because I do think too, again, I feel like this is stemming into almost like a feminist conversation that I'm having here, but I'm really trying to look at this from, or answer these questions or answer the framework of conversation I was trying to build for us today based on the advice that I would give to my future daughter which helped me give the same advice to myself, which also is just good advice in itself. If you're not close with a motherly role in your life, imagine yourself having a daughter going through the same thing you're going through. And the advice you would give that daughter is almost the exact perfect advice that you were probably wishing or needing from that motherly role that might be missing in your life. In society, again, in media, Like it's not like all media shames women for their body or shame women for their sexuality or, you know, because media is not the things making these choices. It's the individual people that either write this column or this story in the freaking newspaper or magazines or a blog. I mean, what era am I in right now? But you know what I'm saying? Give a perspective or context or tell a story or report on something without really realizing that the undertone that's being given is shame. And again, I'll use my queen's example. I love Taylor Swift, okay? I love her. She was saying like everybody constantly makes comments about how I date a lot of people or I've dated more than one man pretty much, but nobody said that about Ed Sheeran or nobody said that about a lot of males that are out there, Leonardo DiCaprio. Nobody has said a word. I mean, I'm sure we've all kind of cocked an eyebrow and been like, she seems quite young seems to be again i know i'm generalizing but it seems to be more okay for men to do this and so that i'm a highly sensitive person so i'm really sensitive to these messages and absorbed a lot of these things at younger ages and again not having that motherly role to kind of guide me or to allow me to rebound i guess my perceptions of these messages made it so that i went through a large part of my life a very large chunk and part of my life feeling so riddled with shame about my body, so riddled with shame about sex, and just so unbeknown to the true and amazing, like paramount, just beauty that comes from womanhood. And whether, you know, womanhood is something you were born into or something that you shift or change into, it doesn't matter. It's just the entire essence and symbolism behind it. Going through puberty and feeling so confused about my bodily changes and super close to my dad. And so when I went through that era, I remember just resenting my body so much because I wanted to like, not that these are considered to be male things, by the way, because I've said this before and I probably should have disclaimed it then, but I really wanted to, you know, dig in the dirt and, collect bugs and play basketball. And just like, I was trying to hold so tightly onto the opposite or just basically run away from the changes that my body was going through, which my body at the time of hitting puberty, I started to grow boobs. I got made fun of because I come from a family of women who generally have a decent amount to carry there. And at a young age, I'm talking grade five, grade six, probably due to dairy, but I won't go there right now. I had jugs. I had boobs. People in my elementary school said they were fake that I stuffed my bra. It was just so much shame, so much body shame. I did not feel like I could embrace that era of my life at all. I didn't brush my hair for so long and I got like this huge rat's nest in the bottom of my head like right under my neck and I had to go to my mom and the knot was like this big like it was the whole bottom half of my head pretty much and Yeah, that just didn't go over very well. I don't know what it's like to have children. So I won't pass judgment or won't say that I would know how to handle that situation better. But to me, looking back, I can see now that these were signs of true neglect to my body, but also neglect I felt growing up. And so just want to humanize this, that this is, normal to be lost and not understand your body as it goes through changes and then not only that not feel that encouragement to embrace it or understand it even
1: today's episode is brought to you by angie When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A N G I.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: that there's also so much deeply intuitive knowledge that's really missing from things like puberty, from things like... The menstruation menstruation cycle like learning how to live in alignment with that learning how to understand how if you are a woman who experiences a menstruation a menstruation why can't i say that word today if you are a woman who experiences a cycle that your hormones fluctuate throughout that cycle and there's deep wisdom deep knowledge deep teachings from perhaps other cultures that you're unbeknown to that there is a lot there when it comes to the menstruation cycle when it comes to going through puberty or as far as losing my virginity, like these are all not things that take away from who you are as a person or as a woman, but these were big things in my life that I had no real person to share it with. So I went through it so confused, so unknown, and then also reflected back on it or afterwards felt just so much shame from this thing that is actually quite beautiful, that is really powerful. I I mean, I found my first gray hair and it's like a straight up silver, silver gray hair. The other day, my boyfriend straight up had to tell me to pluck the hair coming out of my chin, Uh, had to do that. And then on top of that, just I struggled a lot in the era of being about late 23, early 24, or just my year of being 24 years old. So about three years ago, I struggled a lot because I was, I I don't know, I was struggling a lot. I put so much pressure on myself. There's absolutely nothing wrong with altering your appearance there. I mean, I bleach my hair, so I can't say shit. Um, I wear makeup, I shave my legs. Like if we're gonna talk about like the social stereotypes of a woman, I still do these things and I do these things do I do these things because they make me feel beautiful? Or do I do these things because the world tells me that they make me beautiful? That's another question I'm deeply wondering about. But this is all to say that this is the first year I've really started to feel myself feeling older, noticing that the next generation coming up behind me is super, I mean, they're here for change. And I'm just like, okay, how can I be a big sibling to these to Gen Z? Like, how can I as a millennial Be the big sibling to Gen Z to be like, how can I help your mission? But also I feel like millennials also need to take that big sibling role like my sister did for me to like check me because I also think that Gen Z, just like every generation has its pros and cons. But this is the first year I really felt myself not feeling old, like I don't feel old, but I don't feel like I'm young anymore or what people might say or society might, I don't know who says it, but it comes to mind is that I'm not in my prime anymore. That's a lie. I personally feel like I'm in a prime, but I guess we're going by, like if we're going by media standards, you know, and just in general, like I feel like I'm officially starting to find gray hairs and shit. Like it's all downhill from here. That's what I guess it would, you would think it is. Right. And that's another thing that I really do wish I had a close motherly role to talk about that with because what is that like to age what is that like and how can i find the right path to learning how to gracefully age and accept the process and see it as a blessing that there are so many people on this earth not just women just people truly people animals even god i mean so many souls that don't have the benefit or the privilege of living into their later years of growing old and I'm so hyper aware of that, that I I feel like I never want to complain about it. But at the same time, there's also a part of my programming or my wiring or my brain that overvalues the youth, what it is to be youthful, what it is to be young, especially as a woman, because that's when you're most desirable. That is when you feel, or when the world makes you feel like you're most powerful based on superficial things like, you know, your fertility, like your, Beauty let me fix that. Not that your fertility is superficial, but it felt like I was really trying to grip with two hands onto something I could tell was going to start to slowly fade. That, that peak of, okay, past puberty, past even high school for me, I know nowadays girls are growing up at 14 looking just like complete models. I did not look like a model when high school at all. I went through so many struggling phases, awkward phases. But after high school, when I really started to come into myself and feel a bit more into What was me and what maybe wasn't that? All of a sudden, I was like, Wait, I just started to like figure out the things I like, and now I'm gonna start growing old, and no one's gonna think I'm like cool anymore or pretty anymore. And like that again, I hate even admitting that, but it is something that is deeply built into our media dare I even say, culture that we over. I don't want to say overvalue. I don't even know the word I'm looking for here, but I I guess it's just that we tend to, there's this time in our lives that you officially come over the peak where I guess it's usually about 21 that I think we stop aging or we stop, you know, like we, we officially start the aging process or whatever. I don't know, again, don't quote me on this. I'm just coming right off of like the noggin. But after that era and like maybe getting up to about 24 is what it felt like for me, 25, 26 and then boom, 27, gray hair, hairs growing out of my chin, like wrinkles starting to form, spots all over my skin, things like this and learning how to in the now fully accept that and then on top of that, recovering from an eating disorder, so gaining weight and things like this are things that I have really had to get deep with myself with and break down the superficial walls within myself that told myself that I was prettier then, that I was more beautiful then, that I was of more value then. Because the truth is, at least in my case, that's not it. If you met me during that time, if you knew me during that time on a deep and personal level, it would have been probably pretty hard for me to keep a deep personal connection with you. I mean, in general, I'm a bit more of an introvert anyway, but I was struggling so much during those years that I couldn't even see through myself or past myself. I could see through myself, but not past myself. And so, yeah, it's just going through that process, the aging process and learning how to stop overvaluing the younger version of yourself. What was my next point? <laughs> mm. Protecting yourself sexually. All right, that was not a very graceful segue, but we talked about this a bit. If you ended up listening to or watching the ladies. Let's have the chat. We had the sex talk and we talk about this and that. So I won't elaborate too much here, but just again, learning how to understand that the female body is just like the male body. I think the bodies in general, I think are sacred, but we tend to look at the female body as a form of entertainment, a form of pleasure for men. How can you as a woman explore your sexuality, explore the things that are there for you, explore your body, embrace all of these things while also holding the power for yourself by not allowing somebody else to use that against you, I guess is what I'm getting at here. And again, we talked about this in that video, like the revenge porn and things like that. But again, it's like, if you trust somebody and you're really into somebody and you want to share yourself sexually with somebody. That is another thing that can be difficult to learn how to mother yourself through. And the remedy again to it is to, in in my case, just protect yourself like you have to have your best interest at heart learning how to mother yourself through these things can also be really hard i think in general it might even be hard to be a mother again i'm not one but it probably would be pretty hard to be a mother to a child and guide them through these things as well i would imagine that if i were to have a daughter and she were to continue to identify as a daughter throughout her life that i would be able to maybe bridge that gap and do so in a way that would be kind of cool mom at least i hope so but if i had a son I wouldn't know how to have that combo i would again do the best that i could but i'm assuming that my son at whatever age if he continued to identify as a male that would be a harder conversation to stay cool in so again i understand how maybe most people weren't maybe parented by their parent mother or father through this era but i still think it's important to talk about when it comes to parenting or mothering or guiding yourself because learning these things about yourself in a non-judgment way or in a space of non-judgment, in a space of full unconditional love for yourself is again, the remedy. We all have these things. We all have kinks, curiosities, sexualities, even if it's asexual, even if you don't like having sex at all and it's not something you're totally interested in. like These are things that you are allowed to own about yourself, allowed to explore within yourself and allowed to hold space for without any judgment or shame again might i add if it is between consensual adults and nobody is becoming harmed these are conversations that i would have not only with my fellow friends or sister these are conversations that i hope that i can have with a future daughter of mine so that she knows that these things are normal that these things are not shameful that these things are human there's one more point that i want to talk about and that is learning about your relationships with other partners and the shameful and significant place that it affects your life. So the points that I put under this are potentially mimicking the relationship patterns or behaviors that you maybe saw in your motherly role figure or just in general in the adults around you as you grew up in life. Number two is setting standards for yourself for love and that includes your own self love. And then number three, realizing your love language and your energetic balances these are all things again that i sometimes really wish i had a closer relationship with my mom that we could talk about these things because there are definite traits and behaviors that i picked up along the way that i don't know if they were mine but i would assume they aren't because they're not really who i am at heart but i used to struggle a lot with affection i used to struggle a lot with letting people really come close and in and vulnerable with like it's so it's so weird but i'm really good at being vulnerable online and weirdly enough because the internet can definitely hurt me but i would say that I mean, I could have someone, a hater, say the worst absolute possible thing to me and it would bother me a little bit. But if someone really close to me said something like that, it would bother me for centuries. And so I think that's why I'm able to open up and be so vulnerable online or with strangers or with people that I don't really know and why it took me so long to learn how to do that. And I'm still learning how to do that with people that I'm actually really close to and so learning how to express my heart and how to express my love for people learning my love language there's a love language test you can do there's five love languages and it's a really cool test to do because the way that you look or seek out love and like how, what language it's in that you translate it properly. And then your own love language when you are emitting love or giving love or showing love or affection to somebody else. And these are really cool things to know about yourself because, so for instance, I I like quality time and I'm a gift giver. So when I love somebody or I care about somebody, spending quality, like non-distracting Or just like good bonding time with somebody having a deep conversation with them going on an adventure insert any type of enjoyable activity here or i like to surprise people with gifts or just like buy people things when i see something that makes me think of somebody that i love or enjoy i will just like get it for them and not think about it one thing that i feel for specific relationships i can even call to mind were times that i was really struggling with how to be affectionate or how to rid myself of the shame that I, I had around surrounding my body or surrounding my sexuality. And so try to be affection with me and I would almost shy away or like tense up. And this was just my anxiety response and something that I also witnessed my entire life growing up, a behavior that I picked up. These are things too that I feel like when it comes to mothering yourself, learning these behaviors, patter, behavioral patterns, learning your energies, learning how important certain things are to you and how important other like having a partner that also finds those things important is to you. And I guess I'll end it on this one that kind of worked out because I feel like this is a really good point to end it on. But understanding your standard for love and your standard for self love. And this was probably the hardest. I don't know. I would say everything in today's video was pretty hard to learn on my own. But raising my standard for the love I gave myself was definitely the pinnacle of changing a lot of the things in my life when i stopped holding myself to such harsh criticism when i stopped being so fearful that i would turn into a version of the person that i was so afraid of becoming when i basically chased perfection and did whatever i could like detriment to my mental health detriment to my body detriment to my soul and my spirit in order to attain this idea or this vision or look. Setting a standard for the love you give yourself, setting a standard for the boundaries you put around yourself to protect your self-love, to protect your inner energy and to protect yourself. Not that anyone's going to try and get at that, but to protect it from you giving it away or from you not seeing it in yourself. And so and sometimes it sucks, but yeah, sometimes also protecting it from other people that would love to see you hate yourself, which sucks but it's usually only people that hate themselves that wanna see other people hate themselves. Take it right from the perks of being a wallflower, the love that you accept, or we accept the love that we think that we deserve. And so I think that that can be super telling when you look at the love that you accept or think you deserve in your life to raise your standards for who's allowed to enter your essence and your aura. A lot of the times the relationships that we allow into our lives are a direct reflection of the relationship we have with ourselves. And sometimes that might be a really awkward transition period of being alone for a little while or taking some time to really nurture your self-love and raise your self-love and get to know yourself and understand yourself and really incorporate or integrate all the things we've talked about today when it comes to mothering yourself or parenting yourself or guiding yourself, elevating your entire essence, your entire being and your entire experience here on earth so if you have any lessons that you've learned either from mothering yourself or please feel free to share any lessons that you've learned from a motherly figure in your life share them down below if you stuck it through and sat with me and had this deep chat with me all the way through to the end thank you i really appreciate you spending your time and energy here with me today and i love you all the way around every single galaxy out there in the universe all the way back to planet earth and outside of that I'll talk to all of you guys in our next coffee talk. Bye guys.